What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tangoma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host and maybe a little buzzing co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing wonderful. Excited to be virtually sitting across from you. Can't wait for today. Can't wait to talk some sports and or some wrestling with you. So we will start off with the Major League Baseball playoffs. It is in full swing. We had the what they're dubbing the fall frenzy. All of the wild card series have been concluded except for one. The Padres-St. Louis Cardinals game is currently underway as we speak. The Padres are holding a one nothing lead in the top of the seventh inning. So I think we might give a little update if anything changes. But Dominic, we're just going to run through the postseason right now. And as it sits, all but two of the series only went to two games. We had the Tampa Bay Rays defeating the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. Dominic, your thoughts on what happened here? I mean, it's, it's no surprise that the Blue, uh, almost at the Blue Rays, the... Take a the, <laughs> Already. No surprise that Tampa Bay Rays won the series. Not that the Blue Jays... Are bad. I just feel like the Tampa Braves are that much better. Brandon, your thoughts? AKA Dominic doesn't have too many thoughts about this. As he's muted. I, t- I took a sip of beer. What? When, when you say, we don't really say anything, but then you ask me about my thoughts, that's code word for you don't really know what to say. So then you're just going to throw it to me for me to carry it. What? I feel like the Tampa Bay Rays, their <laughs> pitching is just far, far superior than the Blue Jays. You know, Blue Jays, I feel like. Maybe next year, year after, they'll probably have a better chance of winning in it, winning it all. But I think the Rays, you know, just like last season, last season when they beat the Oakland Athletics in the wild card game, you know, we'll get to the next round, but nothing much will happen from there. I was very impressed with the Tampa Bay Rays. We knew going in that their pitching was going to absolutely shove. That's what happened. My boy Tyler Glass now pitched really good in game two. Blake Snell came out game one and dealt as well the hitting doesn't really excite you there's no like clear-cut you know bomber on that team but they just seem to get the job done you know one person will step up every game it seems like they did run it up a bit on the Blue Jays in the last game in game two so they do have that possibility of popping off as they might have to start popping off if they're going to go against the Bronx Bombers but if there's any Blue Jays fans out there which I know there's a ton we're huge north of the border Dominic despite what my gimmick might be on the other podcast. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. What gimmick? The points going to or the bullet cast? The bullet cast. You know, the Canadian Destroyer. You know, I, th- I think uh, we need to change that nickname up. It, it, you know, it's 2020. You can't, you can't be like that anymore. Yeah, it can't be xenophobic. But this was kind of <clears throat> the first, you know, real season of them being together and making that playoff push. If this was a regular 162 schedule, maybe they wouldn't have made it. But – they're able to get that experience under their belts. They have a young core of infielders and they have Nate Pearson who he came out of the bullpen and you know, the game was a little bit out of hand in that second game, but he came in and he was absolutely dominant. I would, I'm going to love 
to see him pitch in the near future. So this is only the beginning with the Blue Jays. We're going to talk about them for years to come. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I agree next year, season after that, maybe even the three seasons from now, I think the Blue Jays will be, I'm not going to say a force to be reckoned with. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them being like a Yankees where they can just go and buy fucking the talent. I don't see them, you know, also the other thing is I don't see them like a, like Oakland athletics or a white Sox, you know, or uh, Indians team where they have to use all their prospects and kind of, you know, groom them to be these talented players. I kind of see them in the middle. You got some vets, you got some young guys, you got some, some people that, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, hodgepodge of, of good. So I'll give them a couple seasons. I'm not going to say the winter world series, but definitely, you know, a pennant at least. I think the pitching is definitely what they have to keen in on. You have Ryu who did get knocked around. That's not a good look for him. But as I said, Nate Pearson, that's going to be a good one-two punch. But I think you really got to build off of those two guys, get some more prospects, get some guys, maybe sign somebody to be that third, fourth starter, get a decent bullpen. Because I think the core that they have with Biggio, Bichette, Guerrero, and some other guys around there, they're going to be good. And I'm excited to see what they do in the near future. You said Pearson came off the bench in the in what game two? two. Game two, Dominic. Do you think he'll be a starter next season, or is he already a starter? And I just don't know shit about anything. Uh, he he kind of is a starter, but you know, usually when you're a young pitcher, they kind of work your way in, and they're not just gonna you know make you blow your load. Oh, because because you know everything about pitching, because you know you're a phenomenal pitcher. I mean, you should have seen my one start in the Mexican League. Like, I absolutely shoved it. It was amazing. You want to tell him what you did? You know, I pitched like maybe two and two-thirds innings, maybe only give up one earned run. You know, I'm a, I'm a pitch-to-contact guy. I don't got any wipeout stuff. I'm going to get induce those ground balls, get those weak pop-ups. So, you know, it might not be pretty, but I get the job done. You're better than uh, two other people that I know on a different podcast. Shots fired. Anyways, the team that the Tampa Bay Rays will take on is the New York Yankees. They went into Cleveland and swept the Indians in two games. Shane Bieber, who is the consensus MVP, or not MVP, but definitely the Cy Young and possible AL MVP, gave up seven runs, I believe. Uh, I mean, Aaron Judge hits a two-run homer. It, it, it was not good for old Shane Bieber. And then the Indians come out in game two, take the lead. Yankees come back and they win the game. Yes, the Yankees are finally healthy. I think the pitching is a little bit of a question, especially the starting pitching, but that those bats are going to keep them in games, and that's definitely what they did against the Indians, who very much, you know, uh, similar to the Tim Bay Rays, where they're going to live and die off that pitching. So if the Yankees can hit off the pitching of the Indians, if they can hit off the pitching of the Rays, I think they'll be fine. So basically you're saying that as long as their bats don't go cold, the Yankees most likely be the AL participant in the World Series. I didn't say the AL participant in the series. I would say that they would they could beat the Rays and move on to the ALCS. I mean, there's still two other teams on the other side of that bracket that could possibly dethrone them. I highly doubt it. I mean, I feel like, you know, batting, especially if you're if you're consistent power hitting. I feel like it's very, you know, momentum driven. Yeah, the first two games they're 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 just fucking creaming the ball. I I don't see it happening. I, I think they're gonna go cold and you know, if they do win the series, it's gonna it's gonna be down to the last couple games. I, I don't see it good for the Yankees. 
So I guess we can just get into the predictions. Dominic seems like he is leaning towards the Tampa Bay Rays. I was already on record for picking the Yankees to make it to the World Series at the beginning of the season. So I, would, I did too. I guess I have to stick to my prediction. But Dominic, it seems, you, you might like officially pick the Yankees, but like in your mind, the way everything's played out, do you think the Rays will win this series? I mean, part of me, you know, it, I'm torn. Brain saying, dude, easiest answer, Yankees. Gut saying Rays. I feel like the Rays, you know, sneaky good. Pitching's de- pretty decent. You pretty know, like decent? you said. Okay, I didn't want to say great. They're not great. You can say pretty okay. good. Fine, pretty good. There you go. But Pretty good, it's, like it, two steps above pretty decent. Okay, fine. They're pretty good then. Are go. they really, really good? Is really more than pretty? These are questions we need answers to. Anyways, um, I feel like their pitching will help them stay close, but they do need that person to step up. And it's not just going to be, okay, it's that one hit. It's going to be that constant hit, that constant single double, um, you know, putting the ball in play to score, you know, that sacrifice fly. It's not going to be, you know, they don't need a judge or a Stanton where they're fucking hitting bombs. They just need that constant ball in play. So this series is, as many of the other series in the playoffs, two divisional opponents. The Rays won the series eight, oh God, eight to two on the series. So Dominic. Did you just burp? Maybe I did burp. You know, I, I had way <laughs> too much food. I'm, I'm being like Travis Gunnerson on the podcast. Bro. I mean, I'm on my fifth drink. Come maybe on. We should, we should do like some ASMR burping. I think that's a, an aisle that we, could, that we could cover, make some real money. I mean, I say not on this podcast, but maybe, you know, we can do one of those, you know. Remember that secret podcast we have, Brandon? Start, we start an OnlyFans podcast? I mean, I'm down. I mean, I have to do so much on this podcast, Dominic. You have to pull your weight. You're going to have to edit that one. It's not going to get edited at all. <laughs> it's going to be so raw. Stop. Just come on. Get back on task here. Well, you, you had to acknowledge the burp. You could have just rolled right past you like it didn't happen, like an awkward fart. Oh yeah. Rays, Yankees, Dominic, official pick. I think I'll, st- I'll I think I'll just stay with the Yankees. It's this it's the safe pick. Um I wouldn't be surprised though if the Rays gave them a run for their money. I will go with the Yankees in 5. I think those injuries really did hurt them in the se- in the season series. So I think now that they're pretty much fully healthy that the bats will come alive and pull the Bronx Bombers to the ALCS. Now, those poor, poor Minnesota Twins, 18 games, 18 postseason games in a row that they have lost. This time it wasn't to the Yankees. They can't blame it on being owned by the Yankees. They lost to the Houston Asterix in two games at their home ballpark. Yes, they did not have Josh Donaldson. But Dominic, this this seems embarrassing for the Twins to lose to the Astros. They had a lead going into the ninth inning game one. They blew that. And then game two, you know, the Astros got ahead early and didn't look back. Now you mentioned they didn't have Donaldson. Do you acquit to them not having him? Is the reason they lost game one or the series, or do you think it's just a, uh, you know, one of those small little reasons that they can be like, look, we didn't have one of our main contributors to, on, on, on the roster. 
not having Donaldson obviously does hurt. But as we said at the beginning of the season, that lineup was just so loaded. I mean, you have Miguel Sano batting like in the eight hole. I think you should have enough firepower to put up more than a few runs. And against that Astros pitching staff, I mean, there's Zach Granke. And then there's really not much else that really scares you. So I would think that the Twins would put up a lot more of a fight, even without Donaldson. Like, yeah, Donaldson, he, he was great. I mean, I don't know if he was great this year, but he was pretty decent. And I think that they it's, – it's like one of those things, like we're going to talk about the A's. Like how much does like those postseason, you know, streaks of losing – it doesn't – it shouldn't affect this team because that team didn't lose the 17 other – or 16 games in a row. But it just kind of wonders, like, does that kind of creep in your mind and then you start stressing out even more? Yes, the Astros are a team that went to the World Series and they've, quote-unquote, won it. But – the twins. I mean, come on, you got to You got to get the. You got to win. You, you just. I mean, okay. Let, let, let's be honest here. Yes, the Astros are pieces of Godzilla shit for what they did. You cannot deny them, though, the talent on that roster. I'm not taking anything away from the twins, but you know, you got to put your personal vendettas aside against the Astros. They do have a decent lineup. They're, they're kind of covered on all fronts. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm surprised they swept, but I'm just saying that I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not have been surprised if the Twins give up, you know, you know, made it a little more difficult and maybe possibly won. Yeah, on paper, I mean, you have Altuve, Springer, Correa, Bregman, all those guys. Like, they should be really, really good. But a lot of those guys have struggled this year. And I know when it comes to the postseason, kind of just throw everything out the window because it's a new season, nothing, you know, the regular season doesn't matter anymore and you're everyone's starting fresh. But, I mean, you got to – some of the residue from the struggles of the regular season should at least bleed a little bit into the postseason. And the Twins, which, I mean, they had Kent Maeda out there. And, I mean, he did fine. I mean – it, we're going to you know, talk about some other stellar pitching performances that wasn't helped by the offense. And I think that's just the case is, you know, one part of the team showed up and the other half didn't. And that's what happens in the playoffs is you need the whole team to show up and not just one part. And I a hundred percent agree with you. I feel like, you know, regular season, you can have a pit, a, a pitcher go nine innings, you know, dominant with one run, but in the postseason, that one run isn't enough. So I 100% agree with you on that statement. Then the final matchup of the wild card series, the only series in the American League to go to three games, the Oakland Athletics hosted the Chicago White Sox, and the White Sox took game one after Lucas Giolito takes a perfect game into the seventh inning. The White Sox take game one. Then the A's come back and get game two and game three. Now, obviously, we're a little biased here, so maybe we might go a little bit more in-depth in this series. But the A's, once again, very similar to the Twins, had that long streak of losing games in the postseason, you know, in regular, you know, in the last 10 years, and then also dating back all the way to 1973 was the last time they won a winner-go-home game. They finally get that monkey off their back. Now let's look at the positives, Dominic. Do you think that the, this team that's been a part of the losing streak for the last three years do you think them finally getting that win is able to, you know, kind of lift the burden off their shoulders and they can play a little more looser? Not First off, be- one. before I say anything else, I was going to say, holy shit, 
I was nervous for this series. Going back to last year and thinking that, oh, these A's have it, and it just went wrong from game from the first pitch to the end of the game, I was nervous for this series. Um, White Sox took game one. I, I, In my back of my head, Brandon, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I was like, that, they're done. They're not coming back from this. Um, I was seeing, just scared of game I had a feeling, you know, game one is going to be real tough because Lucas Gilito – one of the best pitchers in the league. And, I mean, yes, the A's have struggled a, a whole hell of a lot offensively going into this series. And so when you take a perfect game to the seventh, even if you, you know, scratch across a few hits in that first game, you, it might, you know, bleed into that second game. But Dallas Keuchel, former Astro, the A's have had, a, you know, not like everyone because obviously Dallas Keuchel didn't pitch for the Astros this season, so they didn't get too much of looks at him. But, I mean, they got to him early. They got the runs they needed. They, the bullpen came in, shut them down, and then, you know, game three is a little bit different with the White Sox getting out to that early lead. The A's able to, uh, you know, come back, take the lead. But I would say the White Sox maybe almost lost it more than the A's wanted, especially in game three. Because when you walk eight batters, a lot of them with two outs, you walk in two runs. I mean, I was texting, you know, frenemy of the podcast, Tyler Gunderson, and I was t- saying game three, it looks like it's going to be a bullpen game. And if it gets into a bullpen game, I would definitely favor the A's in that situation. Now, not everyone that pitched for the A's in game three was from the bullpen. Frankie Montas came out for two, gave up a run, but he looked really good. So I think that gives him and the team a little more confidence in the division series to pitch him. But I think the, the youngness of the White Sox cost them, especially on the pitching side. Tim Anderson, I mean, shout out to him. Nine hits in three games, youngest guy ever to do that. Most hits ever in your first three postseason games. So shout out to him. And then, I mean, Lewis Robert, my God. 487 feet, an absolute fucking piss missile. Almost hit the treehouse. And I know Dominic has been in the treehouse. That's a long ways away from home plate. I mean, it's not all that long. But one thing I want to ask for you, and and – this kind of because I'm still sour about last season, but I feel like Manaya in the playoffs, not a starter. Do you think he starts game one? The thing is, there's a long layoff until game one. Game one isn't going to be played until Monday. Now that allows you to kind of reset everything. Do you go with Manaya, who hasn't pitched in over a week? He didn't come into relief. Is there something to it to where they are saving him for game one? Is there maybe something barking with them that they're sitting them for injury purposes? But I think it's Manaya, Bassett, Lazardo. I think those are the three guys that you try to ride. And also Frankie Montas. I think you throw Montas in there, and I think Mike Fires, his performance in game three wasn't that great. So maybe keep him out of the rotation and maybe off the roster. But I think Manaya, I mean, yeah, he gave up those home runs in the wild card game. But for the most part, I mean, he was still – you know, he's making good pitches. He had a lot of strikeouts. And against the Astros, a team that they faced and had a lot of success with, I think he's someone that you can turn to, and especially because he was kind of hot at the end of the season. I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, I think when we are going over the, the Astros twin series, the Astros on paper, like you said, sca- I'm not going to say scary good, but enough to – you know, make you kind of think like, shit, you know, we're, we're putting Manaya in there. I don't know if he could do this or that. So it just kind of makes me think 
maybe you leave him off for the Astro series or you put him in the bullpen for the Astro series just so then, you know, you get you get through the first couple innings and then you could take the whoever they choose to start if it's Leonardo or Fire, whoever they choose, and then he can, you know, come in and do some relief. Because I just feel like the Astros – I mean, yeah, he has success, but I just don't feel confident in his play, his pitching with them, especially in the playoffs. Now, the Rays were dominant against the Yankees this season. The A's were dominant against the Astros this season. They held the series seven to three. I want, I, I mean, I kind of expected this to be the division or the wild card series matchup, but we're getting this in the in the division series five games. I think the A's. I'm, I'm gonna. I kind of don't want to pick them because I didn't pick them to make the playoffs last, you know, before the season started. And I think if I just don't pick them, then that means that they're going to win the whole thing. But I think that this lends them an easier road because they know what they're getting into. They have the scouting report, but you can also say the same thing for the Astros, but neutral site, no fans. I think when all is said and done, the A's are better than the Astros and they've shown it this season. One thing I have to bring up, and I know it's kind of stupid or, you know, you're, you're going to give me some bullshit for it, is Loriano? do we need to be nervous that if he gets hit, if he gets barked at by somebody in the Astros dugout, do we need to be nervous that he's going to charge or do something stupid? Or do you think he knows what's at stake here and he'll do the he right do thing? Why would something stupid? I mean, I the just, Astros before since that uh, little altercation happened? Nothing – we haven't seen but a fight it's, then. But, but it's also postseason. You know, Which you're makes a little it more... even a bigger deal for you not to do it. Okay, so you, so you go with that he has enough restraint that he wouldn't be like, hey, fuck you, and start a fight. I would hope so. I'll have to wait and see, because I don't think he does. Why, because he's a hot-headed Latino? And you know a thing or two about don't, hot-headed Latinos? Don't put words in my mouth, Brandon. Anyways, five-game series... Astros A's, Dominic, who do you got? I'm going to, you know, success, hometown, drunk, going to A's. I will go with the athletics as well. I will say the A's win in four. I think the Astros stave off the sweep. They win game three. The A's come out, get the first two behind a good, strong starting performance from Chris Bassett and Frankie Montas. Now, moving over to the National League, we had the best team in the league, the Los Angeles Dodgers, come out and beat the Milwaukee Brewers in two games. Walker Buehler comes out game one, struggles a little bit, but gets the win. Then Clayton Kershaw comes out, 13 strikeouts, best of his career in the postseason, and the Dodgers make quick work of the Brewers. I mean, it's the Dodgers. We know what they're going to do. They're going to win. You know, they're going to, they're very tough. We kind of had a feeling that this was kind of the lock of the season. But Walker Bueller does have that blister. Who knows how big of an issue that can be going forward, especially with these no days off, having to pitch, you know, maybe every other third day. Maybe he's going to skip a start. I mean, I know we don't talk about blisters enough on this podcast, Dominic, but your thoughts on Walker Bueller and what his finger can mean to the Dodgers' chances of winning. I mean, for me, blisters are kind of kind of a touchy subject. Because when I think of blisters, I think of Kurt Schilling throwing a fucking, you know, bloody fucking fastball down the, you know, down down the middle. And I feel like if he could do it, then this bitch can do it. Are you talking but, about his bloody sock? I thought it was his finger. 
Wasn't his finger? Dominic, you said some stupid shit on this podcast. Motherfucker. It was his finger. But thinking that Kurt Schilling's bloody sock game was a bloody finger game. Motherfucker. I will look this shit up right now. I swear he split his finger. I swear to God. I swear. Why don't you just type in Kurt Schilling bloody sock. I'm pretty sure you're going to get a billion results. I will. Kurt Shilly. Oh, there it is right there. Kurt Shilly. Okay. I'm going to look it up and let's see. Uh, born November 14th. Oh, November babies. We're the same. Hang on. I don't want to. Like Kurt Shilly will fuck himself. Why? What's wrong with him? He apparently don't follow him on Twitter or anything like that. I, uh, I don't. Let's just say uh, him and Aubrey Huff are best friends. Ooh. Yeah, fuck that. Bro, I swear this motherfucker split his finger. I mean, maybe he could, maybe like he did do something with his finger because pitchers always have fucked up fingers. But the the infamous bloody incident in the playoffs is definitely his sock. And what was wrong with it? Maybe he had a blister on his ankle. I don't know. Dominic, you're just a stupid. You know what, motherfucker? Leave me the fuck alone. You know, everything's coming up split finger fastball. I don't have the mindset to read this shit right now. I'll, 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 you know what? I'll fucking tweet it out when I find it just so I can prove you wrong because you're an asshole. Anyways, would you like to talk about Walker Bueller's bloody finger? No, I don't want to talk about it anymore because fucking Kurt Schilling did the same thing. All right. Now the Dodgers will face off against the winners of the Padres and the Cardinals. Right now, the Padres were able to scrape across a few more runs in the bottom of the seventh, so now they took a 3-0 lead. I am going to go off of the presumption that the Padres will end up getting the win because selfishly, that's the series I want to see the most besides an A series. I want to see the Dodgers and the Padres, the two best teams record-wise in the National League, square off. Dominic, what say you? Kurt Schilling. No, I'm joking. Um, I mean, part of me, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the Padres are going to win. Oddly enough, I'd rather see the Cardinals and Dodgers just because I feel like the Padres, you know, you, oh, shit, she turned the light on. I can't see. Um, oh, God. Were you doing this entire podcast just like in pitch black? Yeah. Because <laughs> the room's spinning? A little bit, yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Let's go with the Padres, just because fucking, what's his name? Fernando Tatis is a fucking G. So, if it is the Dodgers and the Padres, I think regardless, I will go with the Dodgers. If it is the Padres, I will go Dodgers in five. If it is the Cardinals, I would go Dodgers in three. But I am very much excited to see the Padres and Dodgers face off. Oh, shit, she turned the light off, and I can't fucking see now. Oh, my God. I'm going to go, if it's the Padres, Padres in six. The Cardinals, sweep. So you're going to go Padres in a five-game series to win in six. I might hang up the phone. I don't know right now. (laughs) I don't feel feel good. Uh, Okay. Now, over – to the other bracket we get the chicago cubs losing to the miami marlins the miami marlins sweep the cubs in wrigley 
Game two got postponed because of rain, but that doesn't matter. The Marlins win regardless. I mean, Dominic, we talked a little bit on our, I almost said uh, Among Us stream. We haven't played Among Us yet. Maybe coming soon, but Dominic has yet to get a crown in Fall Guys, so we streamed. And we talked a little bit about this wild card series. Dominic picked the Marlins. I wanted to pick the Marlins, but to be different, I picked the Cubbies. And the Marlins win. I mean, this yeah. is kind of an upset, but once again, the Cubs postseason bats go cold. You know what, Brandon? You need to start fucking paying attention to me a little more often because when I know my thing, I know what I'm talking about. All right? Even though on stream I said, I want to agree with you, but just to be different, I will take the Cubs. Okay. So I did agree with you. I mean, I did listen. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Because if this was, if we were in Vegas, and you, you, you can't say, oh, I, I want to take the, the, the Marlins, but uh, I'm going to put money on, you know, on, uh, on the Cubs just because I want to be different than this guy. You ain't going to get fucking money for it. Jeez. The Marlins will take on another Fuck division you. rival. We have, we're, maybe. Quite possibly, we will have four division matchups in the division series, which, sorry, Central, you missed out. And the Cincinnati Reds, Mr. X, skip ahead five minutes. I'm sorry. But the Atlanta Braves beat. They lost. Fuck the Reds. What, Dominic? I will not allow you to slander the Reds in that fashion because I did pick them to win the National League. I went on the limb and... They got hot at the end. I was feeling myself. The pitching, they, Trevor Bauer, I mean, thank, Trevor Bauer's a fucking god. He comes out seven scoreless. He just strikes out 12. He's going into free agency. He's going to get paid, and he better get paid. But you can't win. The old saying says you can't win if you don't score, and the Reds play a 13-inning extra inning game, then they play another game. So in, what is that, 22 innings, they didn't score a single run. Well, you know, I don't, what I don't understand is how do they say defense wins ball games? And yet, if they fuck it, if he's such a great pitcher, why didn't they win the game? Well, I mean, he, he's pitching. He's not, you know, playing defense. And besides, he, when he's pitching, he didn't get up a run. All right, dude, if you're pitching, you're playing defense. I know, but it, it, it's hard to win the game, even if you give up zero, if you don't score zero. And, he, and he's a pitcher, so he's not batting. So he, he can't even help his team offensively. Touche, touche, touche. Now the Marlins take on the Braves. I think the Marlins were perfectly set up for a three-game series because they have the one-two punch. And I think Alcantaras and Sixto. Now if you stretch that out to a five-game series, Dominic, uh, I don't know if they can they can last that long. Now, the pitching side on the Braves, I think, is uh, kind of very much the same thing. It might be a little short in the starting pitching realm. But the Marlins are undefeated in the postseason. They have never lost a series in in whatever franchise history. They've only 18 made games. It, 18 and 0. They've only made it to the postseason twice, and both of those times they have won the World Series. So I think, who cares? We don't even need to talk. The Marlins are winning the World Series, right? Sorry, I'm yelling. Because uh, you're boring me because we already know the Braves are going to beat the shit out of the fucking Marlins. Don't think they're going to beat the shit out of them, but I will take the Braves 
in for. I think the Braves offense is fantastic. I think, you know, they did go cold in that first game, but they were facing just the Cy Young award winner. Let's be honest. I know on the last podcast, I said to Grom, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't checking the tape enough. I, I kind of missed a few starts where Trevor Bauer was being Trevor Bauer. So yes, I would say Trevor Bauer is the national league Cy Young winner, Mr. X. So you, you might not get a world series trophy, but at least you get a Cy Young. So there you go. I mean, that Chipper, jo- Chipper Jones guy. Great. He, you know, hall of famer. And what does this have to do with uh, with this besides him playing on the Braves like 15 years ago? It, it was a joke. I guess I guess I'm not funny anymore, Brandon. It's okay, Dom. It's, it's let, 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 let's move on from baseball. Let's get in to the NBA. Doc Rivers <laughs> was fired from the Los Angeles Clippers, but he has landed on his feet, and he will be moving across the country to Philly to coach the. 76ers Dominic your thoughts on this move uh before I say anything about him going to the Sixers he was the one that got this uh the Celtics their title in like the early 2000s right or 2008 I mean I mean yeah Celtics yeah right yeah or late 2000s okay whatever okay so with that being said that means the Sixers are guaranteed to win the NBA finals within the next five years said it so you're telling me he's he's only good on the East. He's not good on the West. Correct. He's an East Side boy, not a West Side boy. Two, he's a biggie guy. We're Tupac guys. I mean, you can't you can't beat that analysis anywhere else. I, I really have not much to add. I know I was high on the Sixers this year. I picked them to make it all the way to the finals. That did not happen. But, I mean, I wonder, do you think that they're going to have the same core this next season? Are they going to trade away? and Embiid or Simmons, because I think people are saying, I mean, the process has kind of played itself out, and I don't think you can have both these guys on the roster and win a championship. I think, well, I mean, are there are they free agents, or are they? They're on the, still- they're on the trading block, and I think, you know, I know we're out here in, in the Bay Area, people speculating, maybe the Warriors trade that second pick. For who? I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't need a Ben Simmons. I don't need a jo- Joel Embiid. I, I, you know who I need? I need a Kevin Durant. <laughs> Did you leave KD? <laughs> Which KD has come out and said the next head coach for the uh, Nets is going to be a collective group effort, not just like, you know, one guy at the helm and, you know, was it Steve Nash or whatever, you know, giving orders to them. Yeah, I don't understand that. I'm happy Steve Nash, but... I don't understand how it's not going to be a single head coach. So what does that mean? Fucking when the head coach gets ejected. I mean, so, so who's the head coach? Who, do, who gets ejected when you fucking foul out and it's a stupid foul? Like, who, who gets ejected, Brandon? Huh? The, whole, the whole three of them? I would assume, you know, the face of it is Steve Nash. But, you know, in the locker room, I think that just means, you know, maybe baby KD's coming out and saying that he wants more power. And that is what scares me because I feel like, you know, don't get me wrong. These are grown, and I mean grown-ass motherfucking men. So, you know, technically, do you really need to be getting told how to fucking play basketball? I don't think so. But, you know, when it comes down to it, if you're going to be telling, uh, Mary, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> Seeing some man-ass on her screen. Um, you know, it, you know I, I think that's maybe one issue with KD. 
is I feel like he thinks he has the best basketball of mine when there's probably people out there that has a way better than mine him that could tell him, hey, when you run this play, do it like this. Maybe you don't need a head coach, but you still need a coach to kind of mentor you through your later years. Perfectly said, Dominic. Now let's move on to the NBA Finals. The Heat are taking on the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Heat dropped game one, but the bigger stories coming out of it is the injuries. Bam, out of bio. He is missing game two because of a shoulder. I'm possibly going to miss out game three as well. Gordon, or, uh, yeah, Gordon Dragic, he is hurt. So uh, the Lakers won game one. Currently, they are in halftime. The Lakers are winning 68 to 54. Lakers in four. As much as I hate to agree with you, I, I mean, I, can't, I, I said that I'm, with my heart, I'm picking the Heat, but I think with my mind, I'm picking the Lakers. I think, you know, Jimmy Butler is going to will his team to at least get one because I think, you know, the ego of Jimmy doesn't want to get swept in, the, in his first ever finals, maybe only finals. So I think he, he's going to be able to get one because I think maybe game four, you know, everyone can be healthy and they can, they can win that one. But, yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they were definitely the favorite going into this, and then when you break, you know, you get your best defensive guy hurt, your point guard hurt, and then even Jimmy Butler, you know, rolls his ankle at halftime in game one. It, it, it's already an uphill battle, and it just makes it even worse now. I mean, first of all, can we say Iguodala, like eight straight finals, fucking goat, right? I mean. And he was contributing a whole lot in, the, in, that, game, in that game one. Yeah. Um, like, I do agree with you. As much as I really wish to God that the Heat would win it, and this isn't, you know, anything personal. I just think the Heat deserve it more than Lakers. I feel like the Lakers are more. Uh, you know, the Lakers, of course, Yank- or the Yankees of the NBA. The Lakers bought would buy the title while the Heat would have earned it. Exactly. Thank you, Brandon. It's the only time I'm going to say thank you. Oh, thank you for saying thank you. Now, let's move on to the National Football League. Before we get into everyone's favorite segment, we got to talk about a COVID situation. Now, we all kind of feared that something like this would happen and how the NFL would handle it. and we are in the midst of it. The Tennessee Titans have tested positive now. The uh, complete total is up to 14 players and staff members as the Padres hit a home run to make it 4-0. to So shout out to the Padres. And the Tennessee Titans-Pittsburgh uh, Steelers game has now been postponed. They will not be playing. They were going to treat this as both the team's bye weeks. It's going to be moved to October 25th. That's week seven, the Tennessee Titans bye week, and the week eight matchup between the Ravens and Steelers, which would have been both their bye weeks. Now they're going to play it on that. So now even the Ravens are involved in this situation with their bye week being moved. Now, Dominic, just kind of your overall thoughts on how the NFL is handling this situation. I I don't know how to feel. I feel like uh, I I think they're doing the best – Thing possible uh i mean of course the best thing would be to totally quarantine them for two weeks and you know you guys can't do shit you know try to try to contact trace it whatever but i feel like they're doing the best thing possible i i would honestly say that the second another team or two get it i think you need to cancel the season i i feel like it's way too many people to contact trace it's way too many people to contain it it you know this needs to start and stop with this, and that's it. 
the Vikings played the Titans last week and they've announced they have no positive tests. Now there's also an incubation period where they can, you know, you can be negative, but actually be positive because the virus hasn't really, you know, fully formed itself in the body yet and everything like that. You know, we're not doctors. We just play one on a podcast, but I do agree with you. I think the NFL just kind of had a head down and just, you know, steam right into an approach. I think they should have had kind of more scheduled, not really bye weeks, but more scheduled time, maybe from the end of the regular season into the playoffs, just in case something like this happened and they had to take a week or two off just in general, just have everyone take a bye week just to kind of have that quarantine period or whatever, because now that we're getting into it, you know, now three teams are affected. Now what happens if another team who has to play one of these three teams gets in, you know, test positive. Now, are you going to cancel games? And then when you cancel games, then you're, it's, it's much different than baseball because baseball, you can play doubleheaders. Football, you're not going to do two games in five days. There was talks about possibly having this game played on Tuesday, which not only affects the team preparationally wise, which is not even a word, but fuck it, I just made it up. I mean, the Titans weren't even allowed to be in the facilities, you know, until Saturday, likely. But Brandon, you know a lot about this, but isn't there, if you get your blood drawn, it's like within like 10 minutes of your test, you get results or something like that, right? I mean, I haven't, you know, I haven't had a COVID test, so I really don't exactly know how all this stuff works from, I mean, the baseball uh, situation, they do spit tests and that's how they get all their results. So I don't exactly know what kind of testing they're doing. And the surprising thing is that NFL came out, I think today or yesterday and said that now they're going to do daily tests indefinitely. Like why the hell would you do that to begin with? Like, come on guys. Like it's whatever. I mean, we're also seeing in college football, which we don't talk about too much. They're kind of just trying to, ignore it and just you know plow right through it now we're seeing games being canceled and postponed over there i mean first of all those college athletes are fucking whoever's i don't care if this is your one chance to make it big and you're some fucking high school you know star and you have no you know you're fucking stupid because you never studied or whatever you know you're 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 a moron for playing football just trying to make it in the nfl just saying but if they're doing it if they i mean do they really have a choice because if the only reason they're in this big time college is because they can play football and they're trying to get an education because for the most part all these players who are in these big colleges aren't going to make it to the nfl and so they're doing it for the education and also for the one last ride if they and if they choose to opt out the school could say all right you don't want to play fuck you we're not going to give you an education and you're not going to be a part of this i'm pretty sure that's illegal brandon is it illegal you can just you know, I don't, I don't know the rules or anything like that, but I would assume that they I'm can pretty sure take away their if, scholarship. I'm pretty sure if I was on scholarship and I said, oh, look, either play football or get a disease that could kill me, I'm pretty sure there's some legal pro- – you know, I'll talk to my lawyer friend. Don't worry. All right. Uh, so, Dominic, do you think we're going to have – another COVID situation. We, we thought the entire hundred percent, we thought baseball was getting shut down, but here we are. We're only a, you know, a couple of days until they get to the bubble, which in theory, that would mean that they're going to get to the finish line because these bubbles seem to be working, but the major league bubble isn't exactly as, you know, close knit and no one enters in or out like the NBA bubble is. But I mean, NFL is don't want to get too political, but it almost kind of seems like some other parts of the country where it's just like, okay, you know, we're going to do what we got to do, but you know, we're going to get through this and we're just going to, we're just going to wait it out. It's going to be perfectly fine until we I mean, get coronavirus and then it just all goes to hell. I mean, I 100% think we're going to get at least another one team. 
It, and you know what? It may even be the same team. But like I said, I feel like if another team gets it, I think you need to you need to literally cancel or you need to at least postpone the rest of the season, just because you're really gonna put at risk players. You know, and and these are your money makers. You can't you can't have your money makers go down. So I think, and it's not like baseball to where you can opt out middle of the season and still get paid or, you know, get a little bit paid with the NFL. If you opt out mid this middle of the season, you're fucked. And that, and that's the other reason too. So I think if, if the NFL wants to keep their players happy, I think if another team gets it, you say, all right, Hey, let, let, let's kind of, everybody needs to quarantine. I don't give a shit if you have it or not, you're quarantining and you were going to meet back up in two weeks and we're going to test everyone, and you're going to go in a fucking bubble, and we're going to see how it goes. And then, you know what? If they have to fucking cancel the season, cancel it. I, as much as it's going to hurt me to say it, cancel the motherfucker. Dominic's only saying that because he wants his 50 bucks back because he's not going to make it in fantasy football. Bitch, I beat you, all right? So don't even go there. Mr. Oh, I'll give you Freeman for fucking Gaskin. You should have fucking let me pick him up when I wanted him. You're welcome, Dominic. I tossed you that softball and you hit it out of the park. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, we can get into everyone's favorite segment where we do predictions about football, which would mean that it's time for. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a little promo thing before that. Well, everyone's favorite segment is brought to you by Raise Energy. Raise Energy is a proud partner of Curveballs and Cherry Shots. If you'd like to try out some of their fantastic flavors, I just had Voodoo. Raise, I had Raise Energy for the first time last week. And I got to say, you know, no bullshitting. thought it was pretty good. Not going to sit here and say it's the, the greatest thing of all time or anything like that, but I thought it was damn good. If you want to try it out for yourself, you go to RaiseEnergy.com. That's R-A-Z-E. E-N-E-R-G-Y. I think I spelled that right. You can figure it out. It's in the description. RaiseEnergy.com. You get a free four-pack. All you got to do is pay the 10 bucks for shipping and handling. If you like what you go, like what you see, you can go there, and you can buy your own pack of Raise Energy and everything like that. Make sure to use promo code CBCS at checkout for 15% off. So now we got the promo out of the way. Let's get into... Dominic's Picks, brought to you by Race Energy. Now, on Thursday, we had, well, I guess I got to get into the records first. Dominic, you, you took an early lead, but your boy came back. I got the two games, uh, I got two games on you last week. You went 9, 7, and 1. I went 11, 5. And one because we had a tie between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles, bringing both of our records to 34, 16, and one. Now, we disagreed on this matchup. I had the Broncos, you had the Jets, and the Denver Broncos won 37 to 28. I know there was some baseball on, so I was, you know, kind of peripherally watching this game, very high scoring. We had Brett Rippon, the backup to the backup, come in, and he did perfectly fine. Sam Donald comes in, gets slammed to the ground. He exits. Thought it was Joe Flacco time, but then Sam Donald comes back out. He throws the ball. You know, he's able to uh, bring him back, but unfortunately they lost. And now there's talks of maybe Sam Donald still lingering with that shoulder issue. I mean, both of these teams are not very good, but 
it was entertaining for what it was. I mean, I'm still a little, you know, that, that promo was fucking trash, dude. Well, Dominic, if you would like to do a promo, how would you do it? And maybe I can just edit it and put this one in for you. I mean, it'd probably how, be something. How would I drunk mean, Dominic plug Ray's energy? Drunk Dominic would probably say something along the like, before we get into uh, everybody's favorite segment, I want to give a... Sh- I, I, I don't fucking know. I, I can't fucking think right now. Well, alrighty then. Now let's get into our predictions. We have the New Orleans Saints, who, after beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have not been able to win. They are surprisingly one in three, one and two on the season. And they are traveling to Detroit to take on those Lions, which I said they were going to beat the Cardinals, and they did. Kenny Galladay is back. Now, Dominic, who do you got? The Saints or the Lions at Ford Field? Is Thomas playing yet? Michael Thomas, I believe, is out because I was talking to a friend of me of the podcast, Tyler Gunderson. I think he was just Tyler. God, he was bitching and complaining that Michael Thomas is out. So now let's see if I can move. And I spelled the Michael Tomei, you know, no relation to Jim Tomei. But uh, oh my god, now I can I can't even spell his name right there. We go, Michael Thomas among six New Orleans Saints starters ruled out against the Detroit Lions. I guess it go the Lions then. Then I will go with the Saints, because fuck it, why not? And it is official. The San Diego Padres have beat the St. Louis Cardinals by the score of 4-0. to They will move on to the Doyers, as they will play the Doyers in Arlington. I think they're playing in Arlington. Uh, now, they're playing on. in L.A. Uh, they're not playing in L.A. They're playing in Arlington, Dominic. Because you're, you're playing in L.A., little bitch. The A's and Astros are playing in L.A. You are correct. Fuck you. The Los Angeles Chargers will travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Both of these teams, I mean, I don't really know what to say. The Chargers should have beat the Panthers. Didn't beat the Panthers. The Buccaneers beat, can't remember who the hell they beat, but they beat somebody. So good for me for remembering that that important information. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, but, you know, Cooper Cup and Henderson Jr. are going to go for, like, a million yards. I will go – did you just say Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson Jr. of the Los Angeles Rams? God damn it! (laughs) Dominic, you're like – you're 0 for 3 right now. Come on, buddy. I'm I'm fine. Brandon, I'm not sitting in the chair anymore. I'm laying on my ground, so shut the fuck up. Okay, so Dominic is taking the Buccaneers to beat the Los Angeles Chargers, not the Rams. And I will take the Buccaneers as well. Then we go on to another tank bowl, but this should be a fun one as the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off that disappointing loss on Thursday night against the Dolphins take on the Cincinnati Bengals as they tied with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's going to be a fun shootout between some lackluster defenses. I think the offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Dominic? What say you? Bengals every day, all day, any day. And I will go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had a long time to prepare for this game. I think the defense did get embarrassed a little bit, or a lot of bit, against the Miami Dolphins. I think they're going to get it together. I think 
the offense of the Jaguars will be able to outgun the offense of the Cincinnati Bengals. Sorry, Mr. X. But anyways, we got the matchup, which maybe at the beginning of the season we thought was going to be a lot sexier than actually turned out to be. The Minnesota Vikings and the Houston Texans both not having a win. Both these teams 0-3, so they're two potential playoff teams looking for their first win of the season here in Week 4. It is in Houston. Houston have, has has had a very rough start in terms of opponents. Dominic, will they? Brandon. who's going to get their first one? I honestly think it's going to be the Houston Texans, Brandon. I think the Houston Texans will win as well. I mean, they got out to that lead against the Steelers. They looked pretty good, but then they just kind of fell apart in the second half. Minnesota did look pretty good against the Tennessee Titans, and then they kind of fell apart a little bit in the fourth quarter. But I think Houston finally kind of, you know, going up against a much less defense compared to the Steelers and everyone else that they face. So I think Houston will get the win here and get the first dub of the season. Now we got the Seattle Seagulls taking on the Miami Dolphins in Miami, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the boys trying to outduel Russell Wilson. I think this is going to be another shootout. I think it's just a matter of fact if the Dolphins can keep up with the Seahawks. I mean, let's be honest here. Russell Wilson is going to be the MVP of the season. I already know it. So I'm going with Seattle. I would go with Seattle as well, but this is going to be just like the Miami Cubs series that I will, I'm going to warn you. I think the Dolphins could win this game, but I think the how, how could the Dolphins possibly win the game? I think the Dolphins, as I said last week, they might not be a good team, but they're not a bad team. And I think at home, they got a little bit of fans there. I think they could, you know, get lucky, you know, make a stop here and there and they could win, but I'm still going officially with the Seahawks. So if Miami wins, I might just, you know, put one down, maybe put like a half down for your boy. I'll fucking bitch up a show to you electronically because we only do zoom podcasts now i'll drive over to your house and slash your fucking tires on that jeep the cleveland browns take on the dallas cowboys the cowboys were in a shootout with the seahawks they were unable to get the win but the cleveland browns they were able to beat the washington football team probably shouldn't have actually won the football team had a good lead but then Dwayne haskins just Dwayne Haskins, so, you know, it is what it is. Dallas struggling. I mean, the entire NFC East is real struggling right now. Uh, are we getting good Cleveland or bad Cleveland against the Cowboys? You know, as much as the obvious pick be the Cowboys, I'm going to officially go with the Browns. I feel like you're going to get a good uh, – dude, holy shit. What's the QB's name? Don't tell me. It are we is... talking about the Browns? Yeah, the Browns, don't tell me. It is – what is it? Okay, what's his name? Maker Bayfield. Baker motherfucking Mayfield. Did you just say OB. Maker – you just say Maker Bayfield? Dude, I want to say Mike Pence for some reason. <laughs> I don't know how oh. Baker Mayfield makes you say Mike Pence, but I – mean, I don't know. Which is own. But I'm going to go with the Browns. OBJ, three touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, 300 yards. I would go with the Cowboys to win here. Then we got the Arizona Cardinals losing to the Lions. So they're trying to bounce back as the Carolina Panthers get their first win as they beat the Los Angeles Chargers last week. So the Charger or the Panthers coming off a high still without CMC. Sorry about that, Dominic. Uh, 
I think this is very similar to the Miami Seahawks. Uh, yeah, Miami Seahawks game to where maybe Carolina, if they can keep up offensively with the Cardinals, that they have a chance. You threw me for the loop. You sent me Miami Seahawks. I was like, we are picking Arizona what? at Carolina. I'm going to go with Arizona. Kyler Murray, you know, as much as I don't like him and I really resent him for not choosing baseball, I think uh, he, he can get one over on the Panthers. DeAndre Hopkins is, I think, questionable for the game, but I think he will play. And I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. I think the defense uh, is a little underrated. I think that they will beat the Panthers here. Then we get a matchup against – we got the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Chicago – not the Bulls or the Cubs, the Bears. And the uh, Nick Foles is your new starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Big – Dick Nick is back, baby. BBN all the way. There's, there's there's no discussion. What he what he did when he came in last week, amazing. So you're officially going with the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Oh yeah, the Bears. Actually, it was not a bad Chicago accent, Dominic. Good job. You know, I, I you know I'm a low key. I, I live in Chicago. But you put ketchup on your hot dog, so I don't think you are from Chicago. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. You put fucking, what is it, mustard and relish? Like, you're a communist. Uh, if I put mustard and relish on my hot dog, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get shot in Chicago, unlike you. Put some. Let's go to Wrigley, Dominic. Let's do an experiment. We're both going to get a, a hot dog, and I put my thing on, you put your thing on, and let's see what, what gets a bigger reaction. And then whenever these fucking start booming, I throw it at the face, and we're going to get fucking ejected fucking who's gonna fucking tell me i can't put ketchup on onions on a hot dog brandon okay did the studio audience just shush you because you're getting a little loud <laughs> yeah i'm getting a little passionate about my hot dogs here <laughs> dominic loves his hot dog he loves his ketchup onion glizzy combination yes sir so you picked the bears i'm gonna go with the colts on this one i'm not very uh, passionate about this one, but I'll go with the Colts. Just kind of a feeling. Now, the you think Colts, Philip Rivers is going to do that good? I mean, I I don't know if he's going to be that good, but I think the Colts can kind of keep BDN at bay enough to where you know maybe. Hey, I mean, Philip Rivers is always going to throw that costly fourth fourth uh, quarter interception. It's just a matter of how costly is it. I mean that that's Philip Rivers for you though. I mean he he. You can rely on him through like most of the game, and then he's going to make you that one turnover that's just going to fuck you up. The Baltimore Ravens go to Washington and take on the football team. Baltimore uh, handily getting defeated by those Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are kind of the uh, the one team the Ravens can't really get past. Dominic, uh, your thoughts on the Monday night game, what this means for Baltimore. I still think they're a really good team. I think they're going to make the playoffs and make a deep run at it. But, I mean – the AFC kind of runs through Kansas City right now, and if you can't beat the Chiefs, it's going to be hard to get anything done. I mean, it, I, I agree with you. Baltimore, top one of the top teams in the league, but I, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's if it's the coaching, if it's the players, if it's both, if it's the, the what they're drinking, what they're eating, but I feel like whatever Kansas City's doing. Game day when they play the Ravens, man, it, it, it's, it's a lethal combination. 
I think it's the passing game. I think they really need to get that passing game going because if the running game's not there, which it, it wasn't on Monday, then they aren't able to really fall back in Lamar. I mean, I think that's kind of the one thing that people talk about, about Lamar is like, okay, yeah, he can run the ball, but can he really, you know, can he outthrow Patrick Mahomes? And he was unable to do that. I mean, you got Marquise Brown out there. You got Mark Andrews. So you got two top tier guys at your disposal and you're not able to really get any one of them going on Monday, which I do think the Chiefs defense is underrated. I think they're actually pretty good. But overall, I think the the Ravens will be fine. I think this it's kind of the things we talk about with baseball. It's like, okay, I think they kind of have the thought in the back of their minds that we haven't been able to beat this team, so maybe they stress out a little bit too much. But I think they it, they're playing Washington. I think this is a get-right game, and they will be Washington. I 100% agree. I feel like when, it, when they – do meet again eventually they will if it's not this season next season i don't know i can't remember shit i just feel like they need to stop stop dwelling on the past and just live in the present then we get the new york football giants traveling to la to take on the los angeles rams with cooper cup and daryl henderson jr i think the rams are a really good team i thought they were going to beat the bills they almost did they had a bullshit pass interference call against them at the end of the game so the Rams honestly could have won, should have won that game against the Bills, but I think going against the Giants, beat up team that they are, the uh, you got Sam, uh, not Sam Donald, you got Aaron Donald over there on defense. That's going to wreak havoc. I think the Rams going to win this one pretty handily. I wouldn't. Uh... Oh no, we're going to talk about the Giants, not the Bills. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Rams. Then the uh, maybe the marquee game of the Sunday regular games i guess the new england patriots take on the kansas city chiefs in kansas city no tom brady this time we got cam newton at the helm the kansas city chiefs were able to stop a very run heavy offense in the ravens can they do it again in their home ballpark against a very run heavy team in the patriots uh i'm gonna actually give this one to the patriots i feel like cam newton as similar as Jackson Newton are, I feel like Cam is just a little bit better than Jackson. So I'm going to go with Newton. I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fucking run-heavy game. It's going to be a slobber knocker. I think I'm going to go with the Patriots. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think Cam Newton is a better maybe overall quarterback than Lamar Jackson because I think he's a much better thrower than Lamar. But for for right now, I'm just not going to pick against Kansas City because – I mean, we saw what Russell Wilson did against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. And I think the Chiefs offense is that much better than the Seahawks. And so I think if that defense can get sliced and diced like that a few weeks ago, I think they can get sliced and diced with the Chiefs. So I need to, I need to ask, do I get a, like a chance to re-pick my picks when I'm sober? Mm, no. <sighs> the Buffalo Bills take on the Las Vegas Raiders. I already talked about the Bills-Rams game. The Vegas Raiders lost to the New England Patriots. We kind of thought about this game as being kind of a a watermarker for the Raiders to kind of see where they are at. And it kind of seems like it's the uh, those good old Raiders that we know and love, you know, have a good performance one game, and then they come out and they didn't exactly shit the bed. They're competitive, but at no point was the game like, you know, really all that close where you thought the Raiders were going to win late in the game. I mean, I feel like this is what happened not last season, but two seasons ago. They come out hot 2-0, and 
and you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, the Raiders are going to win it. And then it's like, lost, 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 lost. It's like typical Raiders. Um, you know, I, ho- I hope I hope they uh, they go far, but I'm not going to hold my breath on this matchup. I will go with the Bills because no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Dominic, you, uh, I think you've picked the Raiders every single game this week or this year. Are yeah, I'm, right. I'm going to keep writing it. I was wrong last week, but I feel like uh, – they're going to right the wrong this week. I mean, on average, you're, you're only, you know, two and one. So you're, you've gotten more right than wrong. Now over to the primetime games. Uh, this game, not as sexy as it uh, appeared at the beginning of this season. The Philadelphia Eagles will take on the San Francisco Giants in Sunday night football. San Francisco Giants. I agree. Wow. I'm the drunk one, you ass. I said San Francisco Giants. Ah, whatever. San Francisco 49ers. Same shit. Who cares? Dominic, I'm heavy in baseball mode right now, okay? Don't fuck with me. I mean, I got my dog attacking me right now, so, you know, it's no big deal. So the Philadelphia Phillies take on the San Francisco Giants in Sunday Night Baseball. Dominic, who do you got? I'll still, I still stick with my Niners. I, I, think, I think they're still better, even with a couple key players down. Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. I, I mean, the the Eagles are just not very good at the moment. They just are – I mean, we, we keep saying how injured the 49ers are. The Eagles are maybe even worse off right now. Maybe not, you know, star marquee players, but they are just beat up right now. And Carson Wentz, hey, that contract ain't looking so hot right now. I mean, That's, you win one World Series. I mean, one Super Bowl. Wow, and, and I'm think, the drunk one. You know, fuck you. And you won one Super Bowl, and you think you the shit. You ain't. Technically, uh, BDN won that Super Bowl. Technically, Carson Wentz got them there. Yeah, but who won all the playoff games? Eh, Carson Wentz got them there. Monday Night Football, Atlanta Falcons take on the Green Bay Packers. See, you don't have no baseball team to fuck me up on that one. The uh, Packers riding high, beating the Saints Sunday night. I mean, Atlanta, once again... Being Atlanta, choking to BDN and the Bears, had a big lead in the fourth quarter. Nick comes in, makes a run, takes over, gets the win. I mean, what 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 the hell with with the Falcons? I mean, that, that's just atrocious. Two back-to-back heartbreaking choke jobs. I mean, I feel like the Hawks haven't been good since the whole Super Bowl thing. So, I mean, no you comment the Falcons, on them. The Falcons. What did I say? You said the Hawks. What? I'm I'm knocking all my shit over right now. Hang on, give me give me like half a second. Um, yeah, I feel like the almost said Hawks again. The Falcons haven't been the same since that Super Bowl loss. I mean, I don't know if they need to change the quarterback or if they need to change coaching, but they need to change something real quick. Hashtag fire Dan Quinn. I will go with the Green Bay Packers. I assume drunk Dominic will as well. Yes, sir. And on the sun uh, Thursday night game, rather kind of a, a better matchup on paper than we've seen in the past few weeks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on BDN and the Chicago Bears in Chicago. This one's a little tricky one, I would say. I know I picked against the Bears in this week, but next week, I mean, it's a short week. You don't really know. I mean, Chris Godwin is out for this week. Maybe he comes back next week. Who, who, who knows, Dominic? What do you got here? Tampa Bay taking on BDN. Tampa Bay Brady Nears. 
I'm going to go with the Bears. I think the defense will lock down Tom, get him under pressure, and beat them with Big Dick Nick, swinging that thing for the win. Now, let's move on to some questions from the from the people or a people. You you, you is, do you have any Instagram ones or? I actually do have an Instagram question. Oh God! I didn't ask. I didn't ask for any. Uh, questions but someone did slide into the dms and uh, this comes from uh, mr tyler gunderson from instagram question for the pod boo, boo, fuck that guy. question for the pod what are drunk dominic's thoughts on the debate Wait, what how how is he what how does he know i'm drunk well i believe uh the curveballs and share shots twitter tech uh tweeted that uh, Dominic may or may not be drunk for the next episode. So send in some questions. What an asshole. You couldn't fucking DM me on the Twitter. What an asshole. <laughs> so God. Dominic, your, your thoughts on the debate? I mean, what debate? I mean, I, I assume he's not actually talking about, you know, the presidential debate because we don't get, we don't get po- uh, political on this podcast. I We're assume not political. He- or apolitical. I would assume that he's talking about the debate between Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor at NXT this week. I mean, I would assume that was what he was talking about. He wouldn't possibly be talking about the presidential debate. I mean, you know, Barack Obama for that guy. Okay, Dominic, do we have any questions on, uh, on your end? Uh, yeah, from my Mr. X, because it's Mr. X's questions of the week. Brought to you by Race Energy. Um, oh, how, what uh, promo code would you use, Dominic? You know, Brett, okay, by the way, okay, what rubbed me, like, you know, it's not really rubbing me the wrong way, but I feel like. I'll rub you, you know, the right you, way. <laughs> you should have been like, you know, oh, you know, this, you know, today, today's uh, uh, Dominic's picks is brought to you by, by you know, Race Energy. You know, I tried uh, Voodoo, you know, phenomenal product. I loved it. Uh, you know, you, sh- you should have sold it a little bit more, man. I had the Baja Lime. Shit was fire, dude. It was fire. I think you. I think you would have liked fire. Uh, fire. I think you would have liked the Baja one. It was freaking phenomenal. If you guys want to try a Baja Lime, CBC CBCS promo code. It's fifteen percent off your total purchase. Go try it out, Mister X. You should try it. You should buy like a hundred million dollars worth of product. You know. Try it out. CBCS. Yeah, you fifty percent. Come on, man. Hundred thousand dollars, fifteen percent. That's a that's a good deal. Um, in all seriousness, Mister X, his question. It's a, you know, he just he she just dropped an f bomb. God, he's like we we don't cuss here, but you know, I'll say it just you know to be correct here. He says, uh, hey, you, you already know with hey, I'm not gonna start off very nice. Um, he goes, well, it's official. I hate baseball, and I'm never watching it again until next season, that is. I don't know what to say. It just fucking sucks. I was seven years old the last time the Reds won the World Series. That was 30 years ago. Why the f- Oh, yeah. <laughs> almost read that. I almost said, why the fuck? But it's with my luck, I'll probably have to wait another 30 years. Brandon, do you think he has to wait that long? Because I think with right moves, maybe not 30, maybe like 15. Damn, Dominic. I, I don't like your, your Reds trolling right now. I mean, we were there. We, we've been there. I mean, 
last year, that one hurt. Maybe not as much as the 2014 wildcard game, but I mean, come on, Dominic. Don't, don't, don't trample on Mr. X's grave because we've all I'm been- not trampling. I'm just being honest here. I feel like the Rays need to make a lot. I mean, the Rays, the Reds need to make a lot of moves in order to succeed. And they're not going on the right path. They're, they're, they're taking the path of what team is it? I'm not gonna, it wasn't the fuck it, whatever. Sure, whatever. Let's go with that one. But any hoots. So, do you think he has to wait that long or no? I did pick them to win the pennant this year. I do think that they, I mean, it's just the thing with the postseason. It's like on paper, like they were hot going into the season. So, you would think, okay, maybe not everyone's going to be on fire, but at least one or two of them will carry something over to the postseason. Then nobody did that. And that's just what sucks because you have precedent from the regular season that you guys can be a really good team. Now with Trevor Bauer, this being his walk year, Cy Young Award winner, who knows if he's, if he's going to resign. I think possibly he's going to go to the Padres. But, okay. I mean, there's, there, there's good young talent over there. I mean, yeah, Joey Vallo maybe a little past his prime, but I think you just need to make some more moves. I mean, maybe bolster that bullpen a little bit and then, you know, get some more – starting pitching because Sonny Gray, you know, he ain't no spring chicken. Trevor Bauer might be on his way out. So I think the pitch, I, I know everyone's going to focus on the hitting aspect of things because they didn't get the runs, but I think hitting, you know, it's always going to be hot and cold. I would focus more on the pitching and trying to bolster that than the hitting. Cause I, I still have faith that when all said and done, the reds, if they were hot, it would have been a much different series. Okay. Love the, the analysis there. Going on to the next part. Uh, now that there's a confirmed cases with COVID in the tit- Tennessee Titans organization, organization, should we worry that it's a start to show up in other teams? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that the NFL has kind of like an army approach to things with like their strict tracing and bubble precautions and everything like that. I mean, once again, not to get too political, but I mean, the president got COVID and you would think the president would be the most protected person and yet COVID is able to get through that. So it's gonna it's kind of ignorant to just assume that this is a one-off thing. I'm not hoping that it happens, but I would not be shocked if it does happen. Okay, okay. That is it for the sports. You usually say something, Brandon. Oh, bye, Travis. Thank you. Uh, on to the wrestling portion of his questions, because Mr. X isn't just a sports fan. He is a wrestling fan. Okay. Anyways, uh, I've been hearing rumors of, dude. I don't know if you're, you're you're ready for this, Brandon, but Ember Moon being the one who is returning at Takeover this Sunday, it'll be kind of cool to s- swerve to see that it's a former NXT champion, but you find out it's a former Women's Champion. I'll be down for it. Just don't know if she's healthy enough, though. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing that I don't know about because from what I heard, maybe her Achilles injury was maybe like career ending. So, I mean, I don't exactly know what's going on with Ember Moon. I don't really follow her. I don't really have any updates on her status, but I think Ember Moon is another one of those people in, in NXT that had a great career, goes over to the main roster. Maybe Vince didn't exactly get her. And so she just didn't succeed as much as she did. I would, I thought maybe Oscar wasn't going to find the success that she did, but she has. Now we kind of speculated that maybe it's Bo Dallas. I mean, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, Dominic definitely against it. I'm kind of open to see what happened 
what happens with it. But uh, I mean, you if, know, it is, if it is a woman, I'm I'm cool with that. You know, I heard. You know, I made the the rumor of James Storms last week, and I did read some more information about him. He was actually set to return after either after or at Mania this year, and because of COVID, they they pushed off on it. So maybe, maybe it is him. I don't know. Uh, lastly, for this question, we can eliminate WWE from the equation because we know there's a lot of talent they're not being pushed. Who in uh, any other promotion should be getting a push that, for some reason or another, just aren't Brandon? So I would probably go to AEW. And I think we've kind of talked about this. I think the tag team division, as much as they're getting a, a big spotlight, I do wish that the Lucha Bros, yeah, I know there's travel restrictions and everything like that, so they've been off TV for a little bit. I wish even before then, I think they could have been more than what they are right now. Also, uh, Santana and Ortiz, I kind of wish that they were a little bit more on the singles front. I have not really had any issues with who they've been pushing. I kind of want Kenny Omega to be more of a, a folk, you know, a centerpiece. But I think we're kind of seeing Kenny's personality kind of leak into his way of booking and portraying himself to where maybe, you know, maybe Kenny doesn't like being the super serious guy all the time. Maybe he wants to be more DDT than New Japan. But, uh, I mean, maybe in New Japan, I don't really have any qualms about people getting pushed. What are you talking about in New Japan, man? We need some Juice SA, baby Juice Robinson. I mean, he is in the... uh, in the G1 right now. I'm a little behind on the G1. I'm a few days behind, but Juice uh, looks like a, a Blues Brother. Don't have seen the photo. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, but I was, you know, when he won the United States Championship at the Cow Palace, man, I was fucking lit. Is that all you know about New Japan is Juice SA? I mean, that's the only thing I can really remember at the moment. I mean, I'm coming down a little bit. I'm actually getting pretty hungry. So, I so mean. What's, what's for a uh, drunk dinner, Dominic? I mean, I ate some chili Keeleys. Kellis, whatever it's called, for dinner. But I'm coming down and I'm getting pretty hungry. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll make a nacho or something. Alright, now let's get into wrestling news. We haven't talked about wrestling news in a while. WrestleMania 37 is set, was set to take place in Hollywood this year, next year. But because of COVID and everything like that, it is being moved to Tampa Bay. Now, Obviously, you know, California out here being very strict with the social gatherings and everything like that. I kind of thought that it was a long shot, not only for WrestleMania to take place in a few months, but just for people to be selling tickets and kind of anticipating that to happen. Now, Florida, for better or for worse, is kind of one of those states that is open. They lost WrestleMania this year, so now they're getting it next year. Uh, Dominic, your thoughts on a WrestleMania taking place in Tampa Bay once again? I mean, yeah, I knocked over all my beer cans again. God damn it. I mean, I'm not upset. I feel like I'd much rather have the first post-COVID WrestleMania not having me attend because, you know, not not that I'm scared I would get it, but, you know, I'd be a little less likely to go. So I'm all for it. Let somebody in Tampa get COVID, not me. Let someone else risk their lives, right? I mean, who who knows exactly where we're going to be at in four, five, six months, whenever the hell WrestleMania is. So, I mean, 
we're we still technically have tickets to double or nothing for Memorial Day on uh in Las Vegas in May. We're gonna have to see how everything is over there. By that point, I I still am kind of wondering what's gonna happen by that point, but we shall see. Now, some more WWE news. We've talked about the uh, third-party endeavors that WWE is kind of taking over. And now we kind of have some more news on that to where WWE is going to be taking over wrestlers' Twitch channels. And this thing has just caused all sorts of controversy and just negative buzz throughout the industry. And also the thing that kind of, you know, rubbed, not I guess rubbed me the wrong way, is that the income that is used that is made off of these twitch accounts gets put towards the wrestlers downside guarantees so now this isn't only just money that they could have made extra it's money that they were going to make regardless in the quote-unquote wwe contracts that they signed and the whole i mean obviously maybe not the the only reason they did the twitch was to make money but it's it's a part of it but now you're taking over someone else's property and then you know paying paying quote unquote their own money to them when it's a whole just clusterfuck and it's not a good look for wwe i would not be surprised if somebody like Paige was to say you know what she has come out and tweeted and she is you know she didn't at anybody but you can definitely tell she is not happy but i would not be surprised if somebody like her is to say you know what take your contract and shove it up your ass i can go sign with another company be a fucking on-screen personality and Twitch and make the same amount of money. So fuck you. And not to, you know, I understand where WWE is coming from. Yes. They gave her the name page. I, okay, great. Wonderful. But I feel like the only thing you really need to do for them is to say, Hey, no, you still got to follow WWE protocol. Try not to cuss. Try not to be fucking sexual, too sexual, you know, like follow the protocols that if you're on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, pay-per-view, and we're cool, you know? I think that's all that they have to do. But to take the step of, like, you know what, we're going to take your revenue and we're going to give it to you, but, you know, it's not extra money. It's just part of your contract. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. It's like my job saying, Dominic, this podcast, when you make the 10 cents every year because, you know, whatever we make, you know, that goes to your fucking paint, your, your check. I'd be like, fuck, that's stupid. That's not fair. So... I, I wholeheartedly 100 and million gazillion percent agree with the wrestlers on this. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know exactly the legal ramifications of this. I would assume WWE is doing this because they're allowed to do this. Now, should they probably not? Cause it's kind of a shitty thing to do. I just wonder, you know, WWE has the reputation of, you know, maybe the morale isn't the best people aren't getting booked the way they want to creative control is not what it used to be. It's just another layer on top of all the frustration that all these wrestlers are feeling. And it's just, you know, it just takes one more thing to really set someone off and just be like, you know what? Like, yeah, I might be making more money here, but if I leave and go to AEW or the Indies, just something so small as having my own Twitch account to where I can play video games, connect with my fans, make a few thousand dollars a month. Like that just, that means more, I think, to some people than WWE realizes. I mean, the the one thing I want to figure out is who is behind this. Is this Vince being fucking salty as fuck? Or is this Triple H? Or is this somebody we don't even know I would or assume heard of? I mean, 
Vince is still the guy there. He has to sign off on maybe not all the business things, but I think a big thing like this, especially has to deal with talent. I would assume it goes through him. I mean, I, I would assume so too, but I feel like Vince who he's on Twitter, he's on social media. I think he would have a fucking wherewithal to be like, look, this shit's actually a big deal. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, you think he's actually on Twitter besides the whatever times he does a copy and paste tweet? I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I I, I don't know. Instagram, I just hope huge on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. He's fucking you know hitting the rolly and shit. Yes, because Dominic only knows uh, TikTok dances. Shut the fuck up. Because of Fortnite. Fuck you. All right, uh, Clash of Champions was this past weekend. Uh, we don't have to get too much into it. I think it was uh, capped off by a fantastic main event. Roman Reigns taking on Jay Uso for the Universal title, uh, really cementing Roman Reigns' heel character. Not full-fledged, you know, beat the shit out of him and, you know, did these dastardly things, but Roman still kind of... You know, having an out of the accidental low blow and then, you know, really being aggressive against Jay. They did the finish of throwing in the towel. But uh, overall, Dominic, your thoughts on the main event and kind of the portrayal of Roman Reigns and kind of the next chapter of his story? I mean, I'm not going to say it was a five out of five, you know, star match. I mean, it was definitely probably one of the better matches, if not the best match of the night. Roman Reigns, I, I think... Embracing, embracing the heel persona given is better than him trying to be this badass good guy. So, I, I mean, kudos, Roman. Please keep it up. Um, overall, I think the show was probably one of the better pay-per-views. Um, I, 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 we, need, we will go in more depth about the tag team match with Street Profits and uh, Garza and Andrade. But, I mean, I think, all in all, pretty decent pay-per-view. I mean, I didn't think we are going to – I mean, are we going to go through every single match? Because, if, I mean, if you want to talk about the tag title match where uh, it was kind of awkward ending, Garza seemingly maybe hurt himself. Uh, Dominic, you know, your thoughts on the situation? No comment. So, you're going to bring up the tag match, and then I bring it up to you, and then you say no comment. I mean, Brandon, he got hurt. Like, what's so awkward about that? Uh, the finish to where clearly Andrade kicked out and the ref still counted three. I mean, I heard that it was just a, the ref fucked up and, and or he called an audible and said, fuck it, this match is over. Alrighty then. The I, just like, I just like to throw you some curveballs every once in a while and I love it when you swing and a miss. The opening match was the Intercontinental Ladder Match Triple Threat. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going through every fucking match. Fuck this shit. I wasn't going to go through every single match. I was just going to highlight it because I thought athletically, I thought it was really good. It was over 20 minutes, but it didn't feel like it. I thought these were three pros. And at this point in ladder matches, we've kind of seen everything, but I think they were able to, especially without a crowd, they were able to uh, have a really good match. And once again, Jeff Hardy's earlobe comes into play as. Sami Zayn handcuffs Jeff Hardy's gauge hole to a ladder. <laughs> I love where you took your time trying to figure out what 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 terminology to use. Um, gauge hole. Gauge hole. Um, 
Do you think they made the right choice going with Sami Zayn? Well, yeah, obviously, because I picked him to win. So now I am your new reigning defending Bullet Guest champion. I mean, I'm just saying uh, the other two would have been a better choice no matter what. But whatever, you know, no big deal. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, Vince McMahon gets a kick out of the Sami Zayn character and he thinks he can do a lot more with Sami Zayn right now than Jeff Hardy, who is, you know, an older baby face and there's no crowd there, so you can't really play off of them. And then AJ Styles, who's kind of caught in the middle. And what are you going to do with him besides have him make fun of Joseph Park, which I'm all for. He's in the face Roman Reigns, and you're going to have a new WWE Universal Champion, but whatever. We are going to have a draft coming up, I believe, in a week. So we're going to get some shuffling on that. So now let's get in to Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre defeated Randy Orton in the ambulance match at Clash Champions. The uh, ghosts of Randy Orton past came out and attacked him, sprinkled throughout the match, a little contrived, but... You know, that's just what WWE does. So then they, all the legends come out, they have a party. McIntyre has an open challenge, and thank God Bobby Roode was there. So he just happens to show up at the end of the show, and McIntyre beats Bobby Robert Roode. And then at the end, we get Master of Disguise, Randy Orton, in a janitor outfit. He uh, goes into the legends room and puts on his night vision goggles and beats the fuck out of all the legends with a steel chair. I mean, can first of all, where'd you get those glasses, Randy? I, I want a pair. Second off. Apparently you needed some during the podcast because you were in pitch black. I'm I'm actually laying on the ground, feet on a chair, you know, stretching the back out in pitch black, Brandon. So Yeah. I want to know where Randy got those glasses from. And I uh, also want to know how the fuck did nobody see Randy walking just towards the legend room like that? Yeah, apparently the referees knew that Randy Orton beat up the legends in a janitor outfit, but then when they run past a six foot three janitor, they don't say anything or question anything about the guy just with his back awkwardly pointing in a direction. Thanks, WWE. Make not making great performers, right? Right. Right. We get the Mysterio family on King's court. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler kind of questioning Aaliyah and Ray about what happened last week. We get some DMs between Aaliyah and Seth Rollins' buddy Murphy because Seth Rollins stole Murphy's phone. And apparently before Seth even brought the phone to the screen, apparently they just blew it up on the Titantron. And I mean, nothing was super sexual about the comments. They were just kind of friendly, you know, how you doing, happy birthday, stuff like that. But everyone's kind of, you know, taking the leap of what's going to be going on here. And then they talk about the big age difference. Uh, Dominic, kind of your thoughts on the execution and if there's anything, I mean, what, what do you think is going on here? We're going to get a live sex celebration. But really, though. Oh, um, I mean, it, you know, it's, in my honest opinion, it is a hot topic this day and age, man having someone older dating a younger girl, uh, you know, it, it is a hot topic. I feel like they're playing it just right. You know, parents are kind of like, what the F? Brother wants to defend family and her, trying to prove a point that the guy's a monster, shouldn't be with her. Um, but they're not I, playing, but they're not like doing the age thing. I think it's more of just like Murphy is just not a good person because he's done all these things to the family. It has nothing to do with I'm, age right now. I think I people mean, are just kind of, you know, leaping to conclusions because of what's actually going on 
IRL. She has the flashlight on. I can't see. Windows. Most like a freaking must. Okay. Thanks. I was unmuted and you uh, totally uh, outed me. Thanks. Damn. Don't want to get that musty ass. Hey. Hey. Whoa. 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 I need studio audience. My love. I need you to go on record here and say that it's not musty ass. It's just musty smell. Oh. God, she turned the light on again. Shit. All right, Asuka defeats Zelina Vega in a rematch from Clash of Champions. Asuka wins, and then Andrade comes out and yells at Zelina. So maybe Zelina's a babyface now, and then Andrade going more healed and maybe in a singles direction. And then Keith Lee actually wrestles someone besides Randy Orton or Drew McIntyre and beats Andrade. So good for Keith Lee. Keith Lee is going to be the next United States champion. Yeah, Dominic, open up the fucking window. Fuck you, Brandon. I love you, studio audience. Moving on to AEW Dynamite, we kick off with Darby Allen defeating Ricky Starks. Good, solid opening match between these guys. Darby gets the win. I thought it was much deserved because Darby is kind of the guy who wrestles, you know, kind of above his weight class, literally and figuratively, and he keeps on coming up short. So for him to get the win here against Starks makes sense. I think there is more in Darby than Starks at the moment. I think Darby is going places. Starks is kind of just there to fill the spot. If COVID did not happen, I feel like Starks would not be there. We get Brody Lee defeating Orange Cassidy in, or no, that was last week. And then Cody comes out and uh, accepts Brody's challenge of the dog collar match. Uh, Dasha was there, interviewed him. Uh, Cody kind of cheekily plugs his new show that he's doing on TNT or TBS, whatever. And he accepts the doll collar match. We will have that next week on a loaded dynamite. Brandon, I'm just spitballing here. Okay. Feel free to say yes or no. What if we have our own dog collar podcast? So are you saying we do the podcast live and in person while both of us are dog collar to each other. Exactly. And what's the benefit or gain from doing um, that? Because we just sit in a chair for like an hour and a half. Well, I was thinking some maybe get like shot collars and then studio audience will have them and then we just randomly... Dominic, you, know, you know damn well you do not want to give her that kind of power. <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be... I, I think... Legitimately, she would be totally bipartisan and she would just, you know, like as soon as she felt like you're going on a little bit of a tangent, zap. And as soon as I say something stupid, zap, you know, and it'll be a little bit fun. Yeah, I am going to talk to my lawyer about that first. FTR defeats SCU in their brush with greatness match, 20 minute time limit, and FTR gets the win. I mean, a good match that the old school finish of Tully holding on to Kazarian's legs, I believe, during a suplex. So he was unable to kick out of it. And yeah, I mean, FTR gets the win, building up to a best friends match. Uh, I mean, we're going to get a lot of these FTR matches, old school, straightforward, goodish. You're saying goodish, or is that like goodish, like. Good shit. You know, 
Oh, good shit. I don't care for that. I, 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 I kind of hoped that FTR would be more dominant and be very like, look, we're fucking going to win, not having them cheat. I understand they're cheating to, to be heels, but I mean, I think I'd rather have some badass motherfuckers just beating the shit out of someone to win than having the old man hold a leg. We're going to have to see exactly uh, how many of these matches they have and what all the finishes are. We have, oh, Hangman Page was on commentary for the tag title match, and we had an announcement that they will be an eight-man tournament for the number one contender to the AEW World Championship. We had Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, and the punchline of Kenny Omega. So Hangman Page kind of took that by surprise. He's still holding on hope that they can be a tag team once again. So we are getting sad, lonely hangman once again. I'm okay with sad and lonely hangman. Hangman, we're going to drink. Hangman, going to drink. We get Chris Jericho defeating Isaiah Cassidy, right? Yeah, pretty sure that's the name. Uh, then, I mean, good, solid match, I guess. Jericho getting the win, you know, giving the rev a little bit to the younger guy, but in the end, getting the job and winning. I mean, do you want to talk about Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary, or do you just want to, like, ignore it? Next week is Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary into business. He will have a tag team match with Jake Hager. Uh, Dominic, what is your thoughts on Chris Jericho turning 30 in the business? Brandon, if there's any wrestler to date having a 30th anniversary who has reinvented himself, who has been a champion in every, every organization he's been into, who's been iconic, who is a, you know, rock star in real life too. It's Chris Jericho. And I feel like he's well-deserved and I hope we get another 30 years of him. That was beautiful, Dominic. That was beautiful. I, I hope you outlive me so you can give a speech like that at, at my funeral. Dude, your funeral is going to be like, ah, this asshole fucking pissed me off all the time. Eh, I mean, I'll take that. We get Orange Cassidy, the other Cassidy, defeating 10 from the Dark Order. I mean, good for Cassidy. Gets the win. Get a little more comedy shtick in here. We done yet? I'm hungry. What? Dominic hungry? Dommy hungry? I'm hungry. MJF and the Inner Circle are backstage. Another, uh, you know, little confrontation. Nothing too major, but kind of once again teasing the MJF Chris Jericho something or another going on. I don't know how I would feel just because I feel like MJF being right off of the loss to Moxley to go against Jericho. I, I mean, yes, I'm pretty sure Jericho would put MJF over, but I feel like. It would be too soon to have to have this feud. I think they could save this for a while. Maybe you have, maybe you formerly have MJF form an alliance with the Inner Circle. You can have them play it out. Maybe one of their people fuck over MJF, and then you can have MJF turn on them or something like that. But right now, I don't want to see MJF and Jericho feud. Let's say they do this feud, and by the end of the year, is should Chris Jericho be a heel against a heel MJF, or should he be a babyface? Definitely babyface. I'd say make him be a heel. Make it be a fun heel versus heel matchup where obviously people are going to side more with Chris Jericho. We get Britt Baker returning. She defeats Red Velvet in a squash match. 
pretty straightforward. She, you know, gets one over on her, puts her lockjaw finisher uh, after the match. It's kind of reestablishing Britt Baker at the women's division. Uh, what kind of bloody, shitty hell curb stomp was that? I don't know because, let's be honest, I fast-forwarded right through it. Yeah, it looked like she tried to hit a curb stomp, and yeah, it was pretty bad. You have a lot more respect for Seth Rollins now? Uh, I mean, I've always respected him, but, I mean, it's one of those, you know, everybody can do a V-trigger. I don't think everybody can do a curb stomp. In the main event, we had John Moxley defending his AEW championship against a challenger of Eddie Kingston's choosing, and that happened to be one of his boys, The Butcher, and John Moxley gets the win you know around 10 minutes moxley kind of defeated another bigger dude so it kind of shows you he can beat someone like lance archer i thought it was good you know it wasn't fantastic by any means but i think the butcher hasn't been too devalued in the tag team division thus far so he had a little bit of credibility going up against moxley here i mean let's be honest here i i was actually expecting kingston to pick himself but butcher i think i think oddly enough they, it was a decent match. I, I Something that, I mean, I'm not raving over it, but I think out of everyone there, I think it was probably a good choice, and he did a pretty good job. All right, now let's move on to NXT real quick. We got uh, Dominic's girl, Shotzi, you know, town business, taking on Dakota Kai, and Shotzi did her damnedest to try to kill herself as she tried to execute a sliced bread on the ring apron, and she uh, bounced her head off the side of the ring. And uh, there was kind of an awkward kind of few minutes there where the ref was checking on Shotzi. Shotzi was able to get her shit together and uh, go to the finish to where Raquel Gonzalez interferes and Rhea Ripley makes a save and then Shotzi gets the win. That's my girl, man. Don't let some head trauma get you down. You get your shit, girl. Good job, Dominic. Way to rally the troops. We had a cruiserweight interview between the challenger Isaiah Swerve Scott and the champion, uh, Pablo, not Pablo, Santos Escobar, not Pablo Escobar, whole different person. Uh, I thought it was good, straightforward, you know, uh, the challenger kind of saying, you know, I've always beaten you when things are fair, but they're never fair, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I thought it was good. You know, the Cruiserweight Championship hasn't really been too much of a focal point, but I thought it was a nice little thing to build up the feud. Um, I, I'm going to say this, and I hope that, you know, you don't dissect me too much. I feel like this feud is what's going to save the X. Oh my God, I almost said X division. We'll save the cruiserweight division um, because when Neville, aka Pac, lost the title to Enzo, that's when they damned it to hell. So I'm hoping that with this feud, this will kind of put them back on the map and won't be a laughing stock anymore. I think they've really done a good job ever since uh, you know Legado del Fantasma has kind of taken over that division. I think it's definitely a lot more serious. Uh, I was kind of worried that maybe they'd do something more with Drake Maverick, but that hasn't been the case quite yet. We get a package on Kyle O'Reilly, a sit-down interview with him. He kind of talks about him being all over all over the place. He's wanted to face Finn Balor, but when he was on the indie scene, Finn Balor went to Japan. When he went to Japan, Finn Balor went to NXT. When he went to NXT, Finn Balor went to Raw. And now we're finally together in NXT, and he's getting his one shot to face Balor. I thought it was a fantastic package. But obviously, it wasn't as good as Austin Theory's package. Or not Austin Theory. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What's his name? Watch. Austin Aries. There you go. Watch your mouth. Sorry. Theory is right below on the script. So that's why I said Austin Theory. Okay. 
Austin Thank Aries you. has the best package, right, Dominic? Small package. No, well, no, Danny Bryan is the master of the small package, but Austin Aries has a great video package. What video package are you talking about? There was a running joke for like a few weeks that he had a great package because of a video package that he had or something or another. Dominic, I thought you were part of this bit. I didn't sign up for this shit. This is bull. Anyways, Kyle O'Reilly, I think underrated, very underrated, underestimated. Is he more underrated than Sony Deville? Yes, he is. Ooh, that's a, Said it. That's Said very it. underrated. Uncle Kyle, gonna 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 be as much as I don't want Uncle Kyle and Uncle Finn to fight. I think Uncle Kyle deserves it more than Uncle Finn. Then this is more wrestling news than actually like a recap from NXT. Unfortunately, Tegan Knox once again has tore her ACL. This was actually off camera during a uh, rehab, and they kind of melded it into storyline for the attack that Candice LeRae did backstage. And Tegan Knox, once again, hurts her knee and is going to be out for a long time. I mean, it sucks. And at this point, it's almost like, why even continue to wrestle? Because it's like, it, it's just sad and it sucks. I mean, Triple H tore one quad, tore the other quad. I mean, it, it's, it's, she's still living her dream. I would say if WWE parts ways with her, I would heal up and then don't quit your day job, you know, go become a fucking whatever. But, you know, two ACL injuries, massive. Three? Three? Are you kidding me? Remember, she tore her ACL and she came back for the Mae Young Classic and then tore it during the match. Oh, fuck. I thought she tore it the first time was during the match. That was the second time. She, she was supposed to be at the first Mae Young Classic, but she tore her knee and she came back and then tore it during the match. Is it the same knee? Well, I mean, when you have three, they're bound to be, well, the first they were the same knee or they're different knees. So I don't know which one this third one is, but uh, obviously that means there's two double, one of them has a double knee surgery. I mean, I'm trying to stay positive for my girl Tegan, but it's not looking good. I mean, definitely I would still give it a shot until you get your, your opportunity taken away. Keep fighting, keep working hard. You know, prove that you can come back from this better than ever and become a champion. But I honestly would not be surprised if before she comes back, they release her because that's what WWE is known to do is to release them mid injury, just about to come back. And then, oh, you know what? Sorry, you've been off TV for too long. No one likes you. Goodbye. Do you think there's maybe a possibility? I don't know if you would want this, but just tell her, you know, we're going to try to save you from yourself. We'll give you a coaching job. I mean, I think she would probably deny it because I think she, in her head would probably be, I have years left, but to take But she's less wasted money, three years of her life having to rehab, and that's like definitely not fun the first two times, and I can do it a third time which, with the strong possibility of it happening yet again. I mean, but my thing is, you know, maybe she's learning why she's tearing it, and she can work around it. You know, maybe it's I need to stop doing this in the ring. I am going to stop doing it. Or maybe it's I need to start training this way. I'm going to start training this way. So, I mean, there's ways that she could maybe 
manipulate her own mind to be like, you know what, hey, I have at least another five years in my career. I'm not taking a coaching job. But I think her partner would probably be like, look, I can't, I can't risk you losing you know, a contract because you rip your knee again. I think the safest bet is to take the coaching job. All right. Then we get uh, Kushida defeating Tony Nice. Straight mat, uh, you know, pretty uh, quick match here. And then we get Velveteen Dream on the Titan Tron. You know, talking some shit, just kind of building up their match for TakeOver. I mean, I guess we don't have to go too much into it because they got the match at TakeOver. Uh, but then we got Adam Cole defeating Austin, Austin Theory, not Austin Aries. In a match, Adam Cole kind of hyping up Kyle O'Reilly a little bit, you know, being very positive, being very behind his boy. Is this meaning that they're setting up for a swerve, bro? Or is it going to be, I mean, I guess what the examples can give you is be the same thing. But yes, I think they are. I think you're going to have a little bit of an evolution-esque turn. You're going to have Cole, Fish, and Strong out there. Cheering, oh my God, Kyle, you did it. You're the best. Oh my God. And then you're going to have what I think is Kyle have a flip, switch flipping Kyle said. And he's going to order the attack on Adam Cole. Speaking of Kyle O'Reilly, him and Finn Balor had a sit down with Shawn Michaels kind of mediating. Shawn Michaels didn't really do anything, which I thought was a good thing. Uh, I mean, both these guys are, I guess, baby faces. They don't have any animosity between each other. They sat down, you know, they kind of talked, you know, talked a little bit of shit, but for the most part, they kept it respectful. Kyle kind of showing a little bit of that quirky personality of his. Uh, Finn Balor being very serious the entire the entire way through. I mean, I thought this was fantastic, especially for a feud that's only had like two weeks to really do anything. I thought this did a lot for the match going forward and to take over this weekend. I mean, I, I, I think it was phenomenal. It kind of gave you more in depth, kind of gave you more insight on what's going on between the two. Granted, like you said, two weeks is hard to kind of put something together so quick, but I think you picked the best two people to do it with. Then in the main event, we had a preview, well, not a preview exactly, but we had the champions, Io Shirai and Damian Priest going up against the challengers, the Garganos, Candice LeRae and Jenna Gargano in a tag team match. And the Garganos win after Candice LeRae takes Damian Priest to Dick Kick City. And Johnny Gargano hits his finisher for the win. So the Garganos stand tall at the end of NXT. Is this foreshadowing or is this just going to be a 50-50 booking? I don't know. Let's get into that NXT TakeOver predictions. Dominic. I thought we were done. Oh, God. We are all, Dominic, we're almost done. No, I, five told the audience, we, I told the studio audience this was the last match. Well, that's why you – Dominic, I sent you the script. You should have, You should have seen it. I mean, I can't have it up on my phone and talk to you. I mean, technically you can. We're not doing it in video. Shut the fuck up. NXT TakeOver is this Sunday. Kushida takes on Velveteen Dream. Kind of a, a random match. Uh, I mean, Kushida and Velveteen Dream, I think this could be a kind of a toss-up. Who knows if they're kind of punishing Dream still. I think they have a little bit behind Kushida, maybe trying to elevate him. So I would go with Kushida to get the win here. I'll go with Velveteen Dream just because I feel like they're just, yes, they're punishing him, but they're going to slowly work him back up to the top. Santos Escobar defends his Cruiserweight Championship against Isaiah Swerve Scott. As I said, Scott is kind of the only guy to really get one up on Escobar, but I think they're really trying to build Legado del Fantasma here. I think it's going to be a really good match if it's given the time, but I think Santos Escobar walks away with the title. 100% agree with you. Uh, not to say that Scott 
isn't going to be champion, but I don't think that night is his night. The North American Championship is being defended, as we talked about. Damian Priest, the champion, defending against Johnny Gargano. I think this match is uh, very interesting to see how Johnny Gargano tries to be you know, a dastardly heel going up against a much taller Damian Priest. I think if this was a match in front of a, you know, a, 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 in front of a crowd, then it would have been a lot more difficult for Gargano to get the booze behind him. But I think with no crowd, I mean, literally with nobody there at uh, the last taping of NXT because of the whole COVID outbreak that's been going down over there, uh, I think Priest wins here. I think I'm not exactly like super sold on him and this character. So I wouldn't be so shocked if Gargano gets the win here, but I'm going to go with Priest to retain. I mean, I'll agree, go with Priest to retain, but I'm a little more, uh, I'm really more uh, feeling Priest than you. I feel like, uh, you know, he's doing a great job. He's a face, but yet he's not a face. He's not Stone Cold to where he's a badass motherfucker. He's just kind of like that. He's like that awkward good not not good but not bad guy he's like that neutral territory i don't know what you call that but one might call him a tweener sure let's go with that but um i I, i'm still gonna go with him i like him granted i feel like he's yeah exactly he's that in between and i i i don't think johnny what salute i wasn't seizing somebody else was Oh, Damian Priest. Now, Dominic, what do you think is the main event? Is it the women's title match or the men's title match? I just have to keep the gimmick alive, all right? Io no, Shirai- but come on, man. Finn Balor, Kyra Riley is going to steer, steer. They're going to steer the ship to the right way, and it's going to steal the show. Io Shirai takes on Candice LeRae, and it is for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai... I mean, she's a pretty strong champion at the moment. Candice, we thought maybe Tegan was kind of in, you know, on the horizon, but now with Tegan out of the picture, what does Candice do from here? Do you get the title on Candice to, you know, maybe go in a different direction? What What do you say here? I mean, I think EO is a fine champion. I think she's, you know, really good. There's no, like, blood feud going out there. I think this match will be really good. I mean, the last time we've seen these two wrestle, it was a fantastic match. Maybe one of the best women's matches in recent history for NXT. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I'm going to go with Candice winning because I have Johnny losing. I feel EO will stay NXT for a little bit longer, get her rematch and lose. I honestly think we will be seeing EO facing Asuka very soon for the raw women's title. And you'll be having a new raw women's champion. I will go with EO to retain. Now, in the main event, Finn Balor defends his NXT title against Kyle O'Reilly. Very excited for this match. I've been singing the praises of O'Reilly for a long time, and he's finally getting his single shot. I think this match is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I am a little scared that the you know finish is going to be a bigger story than the actual match in its entirety because they're kind of going a little so hard and questioning Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, I like your idea, to be honest, Dominic. I know I'm going to put you over for once. 
I did. I do like the idea of Kyler Riley going in as the, you know, the true baby face and kind of being all humble. But then at the end of the day, he turns his back on Adam Cole and Adam Cole is the one in peril and the baby face coming out of this. I mean, realistically, I think that's the only true way you get Adam Cole to be a baby face out of this. Cause if he, I feel like if, if you have everyone turn evil and he doesn't, he's just like, Hey, that's not cool. I'm walking away. That to me, that makes him a little bitch. So I think the only real way to turn. How do you you see the finish playing out? Is it undisputed era in terms of fish and strong kind of getting involved with Kyler Riley, quote unquote, not knowing what's going on. And then, you know, Adam Cole comes out and he kind of like talks to him. Like, how do you exactly see the finish taking place? Like, like, like I said, I think it's going to be very evolution esque of when they turned on Randy. I think it's going to be, you know, celebration. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe somebody gets involved trying and helps him win it, but it's, it's going to be just a celebration and Kyle's going to be like, you know what? I've had, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to, they're going to have a microphone and they're going to be kind of being like, look, you know, we believed in you. You got it. You're the best. You're the man. Blah, blah, blah. And Kyle's going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of taking shit from you. I'm the champion. Now you need to get in line. You need to bow down to me. And it's going to be like, what the hell? And then it's going to be F, Kyle, F Adam. And you're going to have a heel turn, a double turn, so to speak in a way. All right. I think I'm, I'm just going to go officially with Finn Balor, but Dominic will be going with Kyle O'Reilly. So now that'll do it for us for today, Dominic. We are finally done. You can go get your drunk dinner uh, just to be just some, some late breaking news. The Los Angeles Lakers have beat the Miami Heat 124 to 114. They Oof. take a 2-0 lead in the series. Next game will be on Sunday. See if the Heat bounce back, but we both think they will not. Any lasting words, Dominic, for the people out there? For the love of God, repsports.com, raiseenergy.com, buy stuff, UCBCS, promo code, we need the stuff. 15% off all Raise Energy products, just to be clear. I mean, I'm doing... I want to leave it like that. You know, let them assume what it is. I'm not trying to dupe the people, Dominic. I am here for the people. Speaking of the people, email us, curveballncs at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at curveballsncs at Twitter, 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 tweet, tweet, tweet. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Follow us on Instagram, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Brandon, do you have anything else to add? Curveball. Whatever. Shut the. Yes, on I'm hungry. Leave me alone. Oh, don't put me be hungry. I'm gonna go eat some chicken nuggies. Spicy chicken nuggies. Or some chicken tendies, as the boys would say. Anyways, thank you all very much for tuning in. For uh, Dominic Hobson, studio audience, the mascot, little dog, big dog, and everyone in between. My name is Brandon Taguma. This has been Curveballs and Chair Shots. And uh, yeah, goodbye and good night and uh, McGangbang.